All right, it was about 30 minutes ago that I finished recording the last podcast, which was talking about how great communication is when you can filter just chaotic information into useful knowledge. That's what I've been trying to do in my shorts recently, where I read for maybe 20, 30 minutes, and then I try to take the cream of the crop, the most interesting things I learned, summarize it in about 45 seconds to a minute with a hook, your introductory sentence that that kind of tells what the framework is going to be, then you put out the framework with your four key points or whatever the number is, and then your summary at the end. That's what I've been doing to try to engage in that filtering process of great communication. Take a lot of information, focus down on the most important things, and try to present it in as clear, concise, and calm of a way as possible. That calm part's always a little hard with those short videos because you're trying to fit in so much so fast, but I probably should work on my pausing a little bit more there. Now the reason I wanted to do a part two to that podcast that I just recorded is right after I finished it, the ideas kept flowing, and I think I want to change one of the things I was talking about at the end there. I was talking about how it would be great to start interviewing people and allow them to pick five images that represent stories where they gain some useful information. So for example, for me, I might have a picture of me at my first internship and I'd be talking about maybe how I got into weather in the first place. Then maybe I'd have a picture of me at San Jose State. I'd talk about some of the key things I've learned as a graduate student, what it takes to be successful in graduate school. Then I'd have one of me at KSBW. I'd talk about some of the things I'm learning about weather forecasting. Then maybe a thumbnail of one of my wildfire videos, and I'd talk about wildfire forecasting. I do still like that idea because I think it would be a great way to get to know somebody I think it'd also be a great way to learn some of the most important lessons that they've learned throughout their lives. That's how I was relating it back to those shorts is each image, we'd maybe talk about it for about 10 minutes. So it could almost be like condensing 10 years of all that chaotic information that they had to go through into the 10 minute summary of the lessons that they learned with regards to that category. I do still like that idea. But the problem with it is it is a very long format and we might end up talking about some things that perhaps I'm not really even that interested in. And it would just take up a lot of somebody's time because that would be at least an hour. Five images, talk about each image for at least 10 minutes. And then you have your intro- introduction, your summaries, or your conclusion. That's that's at least an hour. And you can't really ask these people who have a lot going on in their lives to take an hour out of their day, out of their free time, to talk to you. Maybe you could do that down the road. But at first, your best strategy might just be going to an expert that you admire and asking them one question. One question. If you could ask them one thing, what would it be? And then you just talk about that for as long as they're willing to talk to you about it. 
For example, I could ask Bill Martin, what's, like, how do you forecast the marine layer? Because honestly, I could use some, I could use some help there. I have a general understanding of how to forecast the marine layer, when it's going to get deeper, when you're going to get fog at the surface. But I bet he has all kinds of tips and tricks and websites to check and charts to look at that I have no idea is out there. In that case, it'd be same process. We're condensing 10 to 20 years of experience into 10 to 20 minutes. But it'd actually be a little bit more useful because you're not confined to one image. For example, in that marine layer example, he could just share his screen and then just go through all the websites that he looks at. Then you could pull up a chart, say, hey, in this chart, you see how this line's going up right there? That means the marine layer is going to get deeper. That means there's going to be a lot more fog on the surface. That means it's going to take a lot longer to burn off in the afternoon. And that means your temperature is probably going to be about five degrees cooler than they were today at least along the coast. Then he goes, and if you're not sure about that, you can check this website. Go basically a tutorial on whatever question that I've asked. I could ask a wildfire forecasting expert. How do you do it? What, what's, what's the key websites you use? What are you looking for on these maps where you actually know like, oh, this is going to be a bad wildfire day. Then they can maybe pull up the 500 millibar chart. They say, see how this ridge is like this? Well, when that happens, you get these northerly winds rushing down, which are called Diablo winds. And that's where you get your really big fires because it pushes in warm, dry air. And actually be able to see that map and see the links and the resources that they use because that's a big part of this whole communication process. Chaotic information filtered into useful knowledge. There's a lot of information out there, so it's useful to know where to find the best information. I have my list of my wildfire websites that I always go to when I'm making wildfire forecast. It took me quite some time to compile that list, but now I just know exactly what to look at to figure out what's going on with a wildfire. I know the exact order. If I have a question, I know where to go to answer it. And there are so many areas in weather and wildfire that I still don't know about. There's a lot more I don't know about than what I do know about. And it'd be very useful to go to experts and just try to learn what they've learned. And it could... A 10-minute talk with them could literally put you 10 years into the future of something that probably could have taken you 10 years to figure out. You could figure it out in 10 minutes, hopefully, at least the very general version of it. It'll at least put you off on a right foot. I like that idea more for, for now. Ask them one question, and then... Let them answer it however they want to. If they want to just talk, that's cool. If they want to share their screen, that's cool. If they want to do a full-on PowerPoint presentation, 
that's cool too. I think that's, I think that's a lot better than my original idea. So I wanted to update that, but I also wanted to add in one other thing that I realized today about communication. The main thing that I'm trying to do right now is the title of these part one and part two series, take chaotic information and filter it into useful, useful knowledge. One thing that I often do is just compile chaotic information. I read this book, then this book, then this book, then listen to this podcast, then watch this video. So I'm just loading up my brain with chaotic information. It's much better in terms of communication to focus on creation. I'll try to put this into an example so it makes more sense. This morning, I read for about an hour from my introduction to California Chaparral book. Learned some very interesting things, but I didn't turn anything that I learned into a short. I can already tell that I've forgotten more from that hour of reading today than what I learned about the Founding Fathers four days ago and how they liked meteorology, or what I learned about winds and how it affects wildfire three days ago, or all the other shorts that I've made. You learn so much more when you're reading to create, and then you force yourself to gain understanding to the point where you can actually communicate that information back out. It's much, much harder than reading, which is why I didn't do it this morning, but because it's harder, you gain more from it. And it's almost just pointless to be constantly compiling chaotic information because your brain can't hold all that. It'll make room for new information by getting rid of old information. You want to keep learning. So the best way to go about things would be to collect some information and then condense it and create with it. Then move on to another subject. You can already forget everything that you just learned because, well, you've already created with it. If you happen to hold on to that information because of that creation process and how good it is for learning, that's a bonus. But you've already created with it, so either way, you're good. Then you move on, then you move on, then you move on, then you move on. It's almost like if you were building a castle would you want to just mix a giant swimming pool's worth of cement and then just have a giant swimming pool's worth of cement? Or would you want to make one block at a time, place the block, make another block, place the block, make another block, place the block? It's probably a lot easier to just do things one block at a time. And then before too long, you've got a castle. I like that idea. It's something that I'm going to try to work on moving forward.